That's a Shame is brought to you by the people who support us over at patreon.com slash shamecity. If you have a dollar, two dollars, a dollar to spare, join us again at patreon.com slash shamecity, please. Hello, hello, and welcome to a very, may I say, very spooky episode of That's a Shame. Don't say that like the other ones weren't. No, what I'm saying is that the others were, the first one was spooky. Yeah. Then it was very spooky. Okay. (laughs) We're going very, very spooky because we're closer than we've ever been to Halloween 2019. True, it's true. There's got to be something in Halloween 2019. No, there's not. I've checked. Is there not? Nothing. Did you have a little little look? Yeah, there's nothing. Oh, using the old takeaway fork. Takeaway fork as a hairband, yeah. That is spooky. I think Eric has all that grease in your head. Yeah, doesn't she call it a dingle hopper? Don't though? talk anymore. She says it's a dingle <laughs> no hopper because a big bird told her so. Yeah, he's a lion. A big bird with, I'm going to presume, some sort of mental deficiency told mm. her it was called a dingle Banged hopper. his head on the sea, no doubt. Yeah, and that's why he talks like that. Yeah. And he needn't. Anyway. I'm talking slightly weirdly still. Oh, why is that? Because of my big bitten tongue. I did a big bite of the tongue. Oh, that's an error. Yeah, and now I sort of was speak that to celebrate strangely. Uh, I was so spookily hungry <laughs> that I tried to eat my own tongue. Eat of your own flesh. <laughs> well, like in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Who sh- are you, by the way, tongueful? Me? Mm-hmm. I don't have a name. I'm Isaac, though. So I guess oh, that's okay. the only one I've that just remembered I'm Declan. Okay, well, you, yeah. yeah, you would. Yeah, I've just you remembered. said that after my I got to stage it. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do right that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't need to. Yeah. Um, we're back. We are back. And I wouldn't say we're bigger than ever. But I'm not. No. no, I'm svelte. But we're we're certainly something. Have yeah. you got a... Certainly something. Have you got a, like a, I don't know, comparative in mind? Uh, what uh, For what we are. Yeah, we're not bigger, but we're... We're not bigger. We're... Um, we're Better than ever. Oh, we yeah. No, we are. <laughs> true. We've honed our skills over this what five year podcast period. And and here at TAS, we've always been um, espousers of the idea that bigger doesn't mean better. Definitely not. No, no. definitely not. Because um, there were two atomic bombs that went off in yeah. the forties, and very few people contend that the larger of them, the larger explosion, the larger yeah. death count was better. No, in well, fact, many people would say that it's probably, of the two atrocities, that one's marginally greater. Certainly uh, in a moral sense. Yep. And Although, just in an infrastructural sense as well. Aesthetically. God, it did look good, I bet, if you were there. If it's the last thing you're going to see. If you had to choose between blowing up in a nuclear war and a normal war. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, going nuclear go every time. I'll see that cloud. Because, and there's a really, I admit, a small chance, but a chance nonetheless that I'll just get mutant powers. Yeah. And I'd be all over that. <laughs> you would love that, wouldn't I'd you? Be great it would bring so much needed variety to your life. Yeah. You you've you you're stuck in a rut. I am stuck in a non mutant rut, and that's mm. why I've been hanging out in a microwave. <laughs> just lapping up every bit of X ray I can get my teeth around. Just Please, praying. God. <laughs> just praying. What what would you settle for? Um a, another limb. 
would be fine and, to start with. And you consider that a power, do you? Depends where it is. Many, <laughs> many consider it otherwise. Although an arm at the top of your head. Like that guy from Futurama. Well, like giraffes, I was thinking. That's how they evolved. They, they started don't... off as a horse. No, and then no. they got an arm on the top of their head. They grew a head on the end of that arm. And the other, and one, the other head circle. got lost <laughs> well, somewhere the along the line. Yeah. Goodness. It was absorbed oh, into the body like a twin. Have you been doing some readings? I Not reading. Well, yeah. YouTube. Readings, readings of, of the actual fossil record itself. It's the itself. intellectual kind of YouTube dark web. Oh, yeah. I see. So that's where I spend a lot I, of my time. I can't handle that stuff. It goes you can't right over my it. head. No, that's fine, but yeah. we'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. That'd be good. Yeah, if you could, like, price it for me. I can't. No. You, can ha- you have to watch. There are some ideas so huge mm. um, that you can only convey them in an hour-long clip art-based text-to-speech um, um, vid. And, and the giraffe evolution is one that of those. one of them, yeah. Because you did a pretty decent job of it. Thank you very much. But... I couldn't Am I just missing upload that, that to YouTube because people would just say, well, that's, that's the government saying that, probably. That's fair enough. And and that's a bit of art, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because I was doing a segue. I I didn't, you... No, I didn't see that coming, actually. Good. It was yeah. really subtle and good. Because this this week we're going to be talking about some spooky art. Okay. Is there any? Can I just check if there is Well, any? now there's some. Okay. But here's the thing. Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yeah. God. That gingerbread witch. You've just sent a chill down the spine. Mm. I'd forgotten all about her. She's an absolute cannibal, isn't she? Did you see there's a very good um, subreddit called Phones Are Bad. Okay. That's uh, just an amalgamation of every boomer cartoon about how Mm. kids just look at their phone these days. It could also be every Edinburgh show or indeed every piece of theatre ever made in the last 15 years. Um, And... Uh, there was one the other day of the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yeah. And it was like, it was her house. It was just a normal house. Right. And it just said like, oh, iPads within. And someone, oh. and then it had a caption <laughs> that was like, the, you know, gingerbread walls just weren't cutting yeah, it anymore. Yeah. I don't need it. I tell you That's what, fucking good. we live in a society. Well, we've been, I've been lampooned by that meme in a way that I, I mean, didn't see coming. And you're going to have to reassess. It's interesting that although they're not the generation that kind of are the most traditionally online, the boomers, mm-hmm. they do make the best memes. And because they are the original meme makers with the kind of political cartoon. And whilst we don't see eye to eye on everything, you've got to hand it to them. Real recognise real. You've got to take the L sometimes. Mm. Am I right? They get, <laughs> if they get you the big Hansel and Gretel iPad house, I know what I've are you been done. Do? I, there, there's no comeback. There's no there is recourse. Nothing. Um. There is some spooky art out there, you're right. And, you know, Hansel and Gretel being a fantastic example. Yeah. However, yeah. what I feel is that it gets um, it gets a bad rap. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It looks I, down upon. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. One, okay. a lot of it is shit. Mm. There is a lot Call of really bad... Itself. Yeah. Like Hatchet 3, if you've ever seen that film. No, I've not. Go on. Don't, don't need to, don't bother. Oh, okay. Fair no, enough. Very bad. Um but I think that it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because if it's not looked down upon, yeah. then it's potentially looked up upon, in which case it's going to get the money. Okay. But it doesn't get all the money. No, not very much. But it is famed for being able to make money without much investment. Quite, quite well. Like yeah. the Blair Witch Project cost £4 to make. All they had to hire was one witch. And it made them and she wasn't even equity. billion pesos. They bought that whole forest. The witch is president now. <laughs> And and so, it, 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 in terms of its artistic merit, it yeah. gets overlooked. And I think it's it's really been sidelined. And, you know, we've got people like Ari Aster. He's doing his goddamn best. Yeah. Mark Kermode, of course. Hats off to him. Yeah. He's been 
uh, fighting the good fight. I was going to say chomping on the bit of well, horror. Well, you didn't for, have to, and you shouldn't. <laughs> Why is that? Be only, only because it's outrageous. Okay. He's been sort of chomping on the horror, uh, the horror pipe. The horror teat, I suppose. He's been chomping on the horror pipe teat. Yeah, the pipe teat. Pipe slash teat. Yeah, for decades, trying to get more critical attention for some of the greatest work of art that's ever been done. Well, exactly. And right at the top of his list of best films is a horror. The Exorcist. That's yeah. his favourite film of all time. And it's, well, it's because it's very, very it's good. excellent. Excellent. Of a very, very good book that you recently yeah. read, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so what I thought was, mm-hmm. look, there's enough of this other art... Oh like, yeah, there is for fucking it? Marley and me for fucking babies. A dog's journey. Yeah, that's a trilogy now, is it? Apparently so. I'm told. There's no need. I heard some buzz that there's a cinema. Dogs universe. have one journey, and it's from birth to death. In our, I think, version, it was a right, via via being a nonce. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had he had quite the journey from life to death, mm-hmm. being murdered in dog prison. Yeah, God, because even they shivved up. They got a French bulldog. They won't be taking it. Um, I thought there's enough of that. Yeah, there is. Um, Saturated, but you know there are limits to our creative powers. Like there we are. do, we do a lot. We do a lot, don't yeah. we? Well. Is that the end of that? Well, I just want to confirm. Are you I just talking want your artistically voice. speaking or just... I'm just talking. Homeostasis. I'm just talking. Like, yeah, we, we do, do loads. Yeah. But then even specifically artistically, yeah. there's loads. The output is almost too much. And so I don't feel like the onus should be on us to necessarily create uh-huh. things from nothing like the Lord nothing himself. Nothing comes from nothing. Nothing ever could. Mm. But somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. That's what Maria von Trapp told us in 1912's The Sound of Music. So right. I guess that, that just, sorry, that just came to mind. I'm it's a bit good. of a quote enthusiast. You like that. You like to draw on the words of others, don't you? Especially of Austrian governesses. And that's going to serve, not necessarily that second part. Oh. <laughs> God, but the rest of it is, is going ser- <laughs> to serve you well today. That's because good, what, what I've thought is that we, we could improve upon some pieces of art that, you know, they are good, I'm not saying they're not not good. What I'm saying is they're not spooky. Right. Or or they're certainly not sufficiently spooky. Um, And it's going to be our job today... To inject. To spookify. So we've got to tap on the the forearm of mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Lamestream media. Get our spooky IV ready. And inject a little oxygen bubble of Casper's friendly ghost head straight into those veins. You've, well, you've hit the nail yeah, on the head. Absolutely. So what I've I've done, I've got I've got our. You might have seen. I did. I see you've gone for the old school cups this time. Yeah, first time in the new flat. Yeah, new flat, old school. That's what I, I thought. like the vibe, and it's green and yellow. Some of the spookiest colours there are because <sighs> what, they were in citrus. Oh, yeah, and citrus, which in terms of the mouth, that will make your mouth quite shocking. It makes those glands eke out saliva straight into into your teeth and mouth. So one of these cups, the yellow cup, okay. contains some films. See, looking at it now, I didn't know that. No. And that's the beauty of the cup. Because it very rarely contains anything. No. And when it well, we does don't really liquid, use them. mostly. Yeah. Sometimes rice. Um, Sometimes starch water when I'm making pasta. Oh. What, what do you mean? What's wrong with that? What do you do? Do you then just drink it? No, no, no. You, this is a great little cooking tip for free guys. When you're making pasta and you're going to be combining it with a sauce and um, you want to just, you want to get a silky quality to that sauce, don't you? You want it to adhere yeah. and not be like pasta and sauce, like they're neighbours, but not with any throughput between the mm-hmm. houses. You want to just 
withhold a little bit of that starch water when you drain the pasta, only to recombine it when you add the sauce. That's well, a no, that's a no, that, no. I have I have heard of and that. And then I you just, just drink the, I, the the rest of it down. Oh no, you see that was the bit I was to coat the about. throat so that the pasta is well lubricated oh, on its journey coat. to mouth town. Right. Yeah. So that that's what's in there. Some film, not starch water. That's don't in go the don't cup. go drinking what's in there. Okay. Because it, it will cut you mm-hmm. up something awful. You can't even do pills. I can't eat paper there, and I used to. That's a story for another time. Sugar paper only, I should add. Well, don't, anyway, carry on. Don't justify yourself. <laughs> um, now, it contains films that aren't very spooky. Mm. Um, I'm not saying there's no spookiness. Yeah, look, but, I'm not, I wouldn't have thought you'd be attacking but these if films. You, but if you were going to list the top three or four traits of yeah. each, it wouldn't be. Spooky would be like adjective nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now, the green cup contains yes. some spooky some very specific spooky genres. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to adapt the film right. to suit the genre. Okay. Now, there's a, a small twist to this, which is that I feel like we possibly get sued if we just do this. I don't know how Why fair that? use it is. Why? Who else does this? I'm No, no. I mean, f- in terms of we're just going to basically re- rework the films that already exist. Are we making them as well then? Yeah, we're going to make them, yeah. Right, that's a big commitment. So in order to distinguish them yeah you isaac isaac yeah for each one uh-huh. are going to have to invent to fit in the story oh, somewhere no, oh, no. a new character okay i am okay. inventive when it comes to people exactly if we think just of some last of the that I've just created. last week we had a whole host of of characters did we join the show some urban legends oh they were all real though uh, oh i oh, thank yeah. you for apportioning that positive guilt to me but no they were i can confirm they were they were weird they are aren't they um so you're going to have to come up for each one a a character they they could be Mm. central to the transition from genre a to genre b it could be incidental or as we should say genre yeah we should say yeah um or they could just be incidental somewhere on the side or they could could be in a wholly different story and in fact they never interact with the main plot. <laughs> no, now that they can't. They do ah, have to be somewhere, something in, in, that somewhere in there. Okay, well, we'll um, see. We'll see. So, should we, do you want to like, crack on? We'll see how Why the first not? one and goes. And this is a collaborative effort, of course. Oh, yeah, like I'm going to be joining in, but I, you know, I'm trying to push you mm. a little bit more. because I, I do have a tendency to stay well within my linguistic comfort zone. Mm. And so, yeah, I really appreciate you doing So that just too. have a little pick of one of those. I've picked one, and I'm pleased to say it's Marley and me. Yeah, even Chadon. I'm very I, good. I've got to say, I've, I I like to be cultured. You know me, I used to work yeah. um, in culture. Um, I have not seen Marley and me. I've seen the trailer, <sighs> and I've intuited that the dog um, is killed in, I think, the World Trade Center, or something like it. Well, you say in... <laughs> Going right. into oh, oh, I see. and not through the ground floor, yeah. might I add? No, I, I've picked up on no, the so, you're putting down. So what I'll 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 do a quick summary. summary. Okay, Owen Wilson. Spoilers. Oh, loads. Yeah, Owen Wilson is the dog. He no, he writes for the newspaper, mm-hmm. and his column is shit. No, no one reads it. That's sad, isn't and it? And then he gets this naughty fucking dog called Where Marley, who like don't worry about it. I think okay. they've been. Anyway, he like Marley just knocks over tables and shits <laughs> everywhere, and Marley's so chaos. He, so he writes his column about Marley the dog, yeah, and all of a sudden it's very, very good because that's relatable, isn't it? He's and probably then, writing about lofty stuff. And then the dog is basically his wingman, helps him to get married to Jennifer. How Aniston. does this dog do that? Well, 
basically, mm-hmm. there was a lot of controversy at the time because, uh, you know, these days... Well, it's a very it, it would be, culture. It would be me tooed yeah. into the bin. The because basically, well, the whole film, the whole idea, because basically what it was was the dog seduced her uh, and he was like, oh, like, I'll, I'll meet, make you I'll a meet, star. He was like, I'll meet you in the bedroom. Yeah. I'll see you in there. And then he basically tagged out. That's and Owen Wilson. Well, the original crime. Owen Wilson went in. And, and he does. Like, Owen Wilson has a doggy quality about him. Yeah, which well, is this, why, forgive me, I well, did think at the beginning. Yeah, well, he this was Marley. Well, this is why she was like, oh, okay, because she assumed that the dog had just taken human form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they made love. And then he's like, that oh, no, love. that's just my dog. And she's like, oh, Fuck. but I suppose if he is your dog, that's close enough. And then they no, have their own kids. And then the dog and dies. And they're half dog kids. No, the, they're all, they're just not, I can't, I can't oh. stress enough that Owen Wilson is just a human. Okay. Um, but his semen, slightly doggish, maybe. In no. appearance or? <laughs> in it, genetic. In it's chromosomal makeup. <laughs> no, not even a bit. They're, very, they're just slightly furry kids. And then. Perhaps. They've, you know, wow, decent wow. hair. Wow, these kids are so furry, Jen. Wow. <laughs> That's terrible. That's why I commented on that again. again. Um, <laughs> and then the dog dies. Oh, they just fuck. bury it under a tree. In suspicious circumstances. Well, well no, yeah. that's what. I, okay, I've, I've given away. I'm going to make the dog die in very suspicious <laughs> circumstances. So now what we need is a genre. Okay. Am um, I picking that one as well? Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're the picker. Okay, here. my hand's swirling Because you're the guilt. You're, well, you're the one who's picked them all. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're the one who wrote them all. Psychodrama. Mmm. So mm. a, a psychological horror, a, a thriller of sorts. Yeah. With, uh, with Marley and me as the basis. Now, talk me through. I mean, what we've described, I should probably say, is not quite what happened in Marley and me. What? And what we've described is probably slightly closer to the brief. <laughs> we <might laughs> already done, <laughs> in fact. But um, either way, then, you know, you'd have to introduce your own uh, character. But t- talk to me what you think. What could be a darker side? I tell you what this? I like is the I I really like it when a film uh, leads you down the cinematic garden path. You've been there yourself many times. All the time. time. What I would like to see is probably the same first hour of this film because I'm imagining like Act One is establishing Owen as this kind of loser, um, cucked day in day out by the townsfolk. He will will have a very funny scene, and you'll like this. Okay. Um, where he's walking to the grocery store, maybe to, to I don't know, to um, a florist. I don't know what he does. I don't know what kind of guy he is. He's walking down the street yeah. and a car goes past and splashes him and covers him in uh, <laughs> in mud and f- and feces as well. So there'll be fecal matter. Oh, God. And that will establish that oh. Owen is a down, down on his luck sort of guy. Do we want to waste a joke that good on a film? Well, here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Fair enough. Too. No, I've thought about it and yeah. Because I think Owen in particular, he's got a, a face full of improbable concaves and convex angles as well. Mm. You just never see them coming. And every he looks, he looks angle like he's, he's illuminated from, it's a different, it's a completely different face. He looks like he's halfway through that Polyjuice Potion mm. transformation where it's all like lumpy and dimpled. Yeah, and it just stopped. Beautiful, Matt. Very multifaceted, but not in an acting sense, more in the kind no. of different facets of his Very carved face. Otherwise. Um, great at Night in the Museum, though. Mm. Like, that goes without saying. That's, for me, his greatest work. And in mm. fact, it's the only time I've ever seen him on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
here's what I'm thinking then. Act one, we, we're not going to... You know how some films today, they're too afraid to kind of lay into characters in the way that they used to? Yeah. Where like... Back in the old days, in a James Bond film, for example, if you had a woman, you'd have you'd lay into her. You'd be like, she's dumb. She's a sex object. She's a bimbo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And they'd let they'd oh. properly like rail on her. It would be like someone just like pointing at you're fucking, you're nothing like that, but from a in a funny sort. Of yeah. Way. Someone like pinches her ass. Yeah. In the work. And then she'll probably get funny. outraged, but we I mean, the audience like, know. Oh, calm hysterical. down. Love. Calm down. Pack it in. We're going to do that, but instead of um, sexually assaulting her in, right. we, we, act one, we cannot get enough of just, like, berating him. And the word cuck is, is super appropriate because he will be being kind of cucked by fate right. in the, a myriad of different and visually entertaining ways. So I'm talking the car splash, yes. I'm talking maybe he goes speed dating and he gets... Hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the guy's like, happening. not fast enough. That's a real sign of yeah. a loser, that is. Stuff like that. Like, he'll buy a balloon and it will sag. Like, they'll get a helium balloon from a friendly clown. The clown will probably, like, spray water in his face from its sort of flower. Oh, definitely. Tent. And then Owen's clown will sag and a woman will be like, that's a bit like erectile dysfunction. And then he'll, he'll probably feel bad about that. Yeah. What I'm getting at is a series of more than unfortunate, just inopportune events, a series of, of cuckeries of fate at Owen, ending in this final kind of angelic almost reveal of Mar Is the hound called Marley? Marley the dog? Yes. Marley the dog's going to come in to his life. And it's at that moment that things are like instantly changed. Like it's a, a salvation. And mm -hmm. I understand that's kind of what happens in the film. But what I'm saying is if we emphasize his downfall, downfall is perhaps the wrong word because I want to get across that he was born low, and low, and he stayed low. He, will, he, in fact, has only become low. He will. Right, he just, can't get any low. But he just gets got more flat. <laughs> like, really fucking more spread out, down. like a very Along hot the ground. Yeah, yeah, hot bit of rock. Um, and when Marley comes, I want that instantly to be like the same people that clown sprayed him, maybe sucking him off in Act Two. <sighs> Still wow, with the flowery because it's the, the erectile dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, joke that's, it's a inverted, payoff. That's yeah. what we call a payoff. He rides a bus through the speed dating. Kills, kills yeah. dozens. <laughs> actually, actually, he kills women only, but then he reverses back and he says, wow, this one's for the chance. And then he rolls Does over he? them. No, yeah, I'll, be, be, good I'll well. be honest. I mean, I'm sure you've got something planned for me. I have. It doesn't sound psychodrama. No, you're right. It yeah, doesn't. because it, at the moment it sounds... <laughs> Like a very believable story of an incel who goes nuts and kills a bunch of women. And so, Chance. <laughs> sorry, and, and Chance. Come at me with yeah. that. So Marley, who can talk, I should have mentioned. <laughs> oh, well, that's a big leap already, we're, I think. We're doing what I call ratatouille-izing the film. Let me see if there's a better word for that. Ratatifying? Ratatasizing. Yeah. The, the Marley character to become less of a what I imagine that again I have not seen the property and I will not read the script in advance of us writing our own that's just how I prefer to operate of course because otherwise that people will always be saying oh you copied no I didn't, I didn't copy it this is original DDBD BDDD stuff mm -hmm. um, just bear in mind yeah your, your own character has to come in here at some point oh well. absolutely absolutely well okay good yeah Marley uh, can talk can't cook, but can write to out pen any of the great authors from our time. I'm talking, okay. talking uh, Matthew. I'm talking Mark. I'm talking Luke and John. 
and I was taking them together. All of them? He could take them both on at once in a kind of both. Nacho Libre wrestling match. Wow. Of the pen, of course. Mm. Of the pen. So Marley comes into his life and... So I'm just going to write down here, Just I've, I've just had an idea yep. for the, the tagline could be, the, the pen is mightier than the poor. Ah, it's not though. Because it will turn out that the dog's poor. He's actually, actually vicious. <laughs> Let me get to Okay, it. sorry. Yeah. What starts off is this just idyllic, I can see me loving no but They're skipping through the fields together. They're playing dog fetch, all those dog games that you play, dog caps, dog fetch. They're in dog biscuits together. They're sharing wine. He gets Marley really drunk one night and they wake up with a hangover. And it's all... It's all <laughs> there's, there's a lot of implied... Yeah, like, but nothing, but nothing, nothing on screen. No, no, no. This is art house. Yeah. Um, this, there's the audio. It's like in that scene in Her where the camera goes off. Yeah. And he um, he voice sexes but the robot. he just robot wanks into, over the phone. Into his Google home. Yeah. Clogs up the speaker. It's gross, isn't it? Um and then is that why ours is shit? What have you been doing? No, is that why that's she not gets even everything that's wrong? The communal one. So if an, if anyone's wanked over that, it's a house guest. I've got oh one in my own room. God, that I bother. <laughs> <laughs> and she has seen some things. What I want to capture is the moment where everything's going so well, and yes, it's columns taken off because Marley is basically starts off by just leaning in and punching up Owen's kind of yeah. lame. Pros, pros, and sort of outdated angles. I think our own character is going to be a kind of Bernard Matthews from the humour perspective. Do I mean Bernard Matthews? He's the turkey man. (laughs) I mean Bernard Manning. Oh, I see. (laughs) Bernard (laughs) Matthews style. He's a fucking racist columnist. (laughs) Yeah, but like he's he's a kind of white man in Trump's America where he thinks like everything is going against him. Right. And he's railing against a machine that ultimately exists to serve him. him. Um, and in that sense, he's very unlikable. And I want, because I want the audience to be torn. Owen is a very sympathetic man. He's got a very sympathetic sort of yeah, hand dog hard eyes. to villainize. Um, and yet, through the actions of the film, as we see him increasing in his frustration, both uh, mental, emotional, and yes, yeah, sexual, throughout that opening hour Possibly hour and a half, depending on... Do you think we could get a four-hour runtime for this? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. well, we do it in two parts. Nice, yeah. Two Halloweens in a row will be dominating the, bo- the box office in that regard. Um, I want people to like going, but to to like... Oh, it's a difficult kind of feeling. Like I, I want the best for him, but I can't support these actions he's taking. And then when Marley comes, he redefines that. Owen starts to hang out with a more diverse crowd in the most literal sense. His neighbour, who he previously... You know that bit in... Um, which bit? Which film is it? Groundhog Day, where Bill Murray's always bumping into that friend of his... Who's Ned, an insurance Ned Ryerson. And he's just like, fuck off, Ned. Which Ned's going to be a an Asian woman. Um, and he's not called Ned, because it's an Asian woman. So she can be called whatever we want, and we'll get a focus group in for that. And because of his, his innate kind of white supremacy at the start of the film, Owen has long abandoned her. Mm-hmm. She's a kindly woman. She should move to the area. She brings a basket of flowers over or muffins. Is, it, is she reason. your... She's my... Your new character. She could be. We'll see. We'll okay. see how much I okay. like her. And Owen, she's not in the original. Owen ignores this lady. We'll call her Flower Lady for now because she right. brings flowers and muffins. And he chucks those flowers out. Marley is going to drag him out of the bin. Yes, they'll be rotted, but the gesture's still there. The gesture, the metaphor is 
can we salvage from what we've thrown away these parts of ourselves that we chisel off or allowed to be chiseled off by a cruel and ultimately oppressive society from the perspective of Owen white supremacist Wilson mm-hmm. don't sue us for that um, it's just the character Marley who I've got a little thing here I think Marley should be a, a mutt and we should really make make mm. much of the idea that he's he represents in many ways the kind of boiling pot that Americans like to pretend their country is right. of diversity and of uh, inclusivity of like a post-racial landscape he's a post-racial hound yeah he's a, yeah and in fact that could be we could we could go so far as to call him Marley the post-racial I don't know we'll see Marley if the post-racial hound he brings those flowers and back. And is that every time he's referred to? And Owen's going to weep. And that scene's going to be seven to nine minutes long of Owen. He's going to weep, uh, not just from the eyes, but from every pore. There's going to be kind of salt, salt tears coming out. Mm-hmm. And he's going to smash up his Trump altar. He's going to smash up his typewriter because it's very wanky to use a typewriter in 2019. And it is much better to use a word processor. And that represents him kind of letting go of the past letting go of a time where he was beholden to these values that he has been, you know, to some extent duped, but to some extent allowed himself to be taken in by mm-hmm. an idealised vision of the 1950s where everyone clacked away on typewriters and whites were on the top. That's the way it was, isn't it? And he, he does yearn for those times until Marley reminds him not to. The column takes off. Owen kind of repents in public. There's going to be a scene where... You know that bit at the end of Hunchback of Notre Dame where a little child embraces Quasimodo and it's beautiful. Yeah. And, oh, it's amazing. It's what I've seen. And then Paul Candell comes and sings impossibly high. Yeah. Really too high. We're going to have a moment like that where the Asian neighbour, as well as a whole host of characters that Owen has previously fucked over Scrooge style, embrace him in the community. And the dog will be in the background. And what people will come to notice later is that we use a kind of What's that technique called where you have two things in focus at once? It's like a, it's a really cool type of shot that they did in Toy Story 4. I watched a whole video about it. Yeah, Owen will be in the foreground and he'll be celebrating and our hearts will be elated. But the dog in the background is shaking his head because he doesn't like that Owen is getting all the praise. <clears throat> and here's where the psychological drama begins. The next hour and a half of the film is the dog slowly taking over Owen's life. I'll, I'll do the column this week. It's fine. You go out. You go out with your new diverse roster of neighbours and pals. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. We'll, we'll put your name on it. Of course, because I'm a dog. No one would believe I'd writ it. Mm-hmm. The dog says writ. Um, I don't know why. That's just a character thing. And so the dog writes it. The dog hands it in. Uh, emails it, I suppose. Goes down a storm. Best column they've had yet. Same thing happens next week. The dog gets a promotion that he doesn't tell Owen about. And that's going to be kind of a turning point where the letter comes through or the email and the dog just drags Delete. it, drags it into spam, into spam, drags it into like the promotions folder buried under like endless gym it's, memberships. It's the first definitive sign of betrayal that we get. Yeah. And I don't from, want... From what should be man's best friend. That's going to be a huge part of, yeah. Owen's going to do a really good speech where he says, you should have exactly you that. should have been man's best friend. And the dog says, well, I'm not. <laughs> And Suck isn't that it. the spookiest thing? Suck wrong? it, Owen. <laughs> but yeah, I want that. That for me, that scene. Importantly, there'll be no music. It'll be shot like a David Fincher Social Network sort of thing, where it's just like him, the dog up at night, like typing away. Coming up, that's how he kind of comes up with ideas. He doesn't speak eloquently when he writes. No, he because he's frothing at the gams to just get the prose out. Perhaps a, a kind of bit of a rabid imagery. 
That's nice. That's nice. A bit of Cujo, mm. bit of Cujo callback. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Um, and the email will come in, and the dog was like not noticing because he's focused too much on his writing. And then he's like, mm. and he clicks. And I want that to be just a moment of. I don't want to suggest to the audience that the dog is like at this point plotting anything deadly. No, of course not. I want it to just be a series of small decisions which build up to an inevitable murder on the part of the dog of Owen. And this is where I think you're going to like this. This is where the psycho drama part comes in. I'm borrowing, of course, from Hitchcock's 2017 classic Psycho, where I don't know. There's basically there's this guy Norman and his mum. <laughs> Mrs. Bates. He sounds like a real beta. Yeah. He sounds like a real that's beta. That's funny because his surname is Bates. So it's like oh, playing on, on the whole idea of that's, incels. That's two on the nose. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, uh, Norman is his skeletal mum. And that's the end. So he's his own skeletal mum. In the same way, Marley is going to start. You you stay home today and I'll go out. I'll get, I'll get the shopping. Um, what? Hey, wow, Marley, what, what you doing there? Marley's cutting his own hair into a kind of Owen Wilson wig. But Marley, what are you doing this time? Marley's just like studying Owen's face, getting like a 3D scan of it, putting and, on one of those masks my, from And Mission might Russell. I say like uh, all this time in a kind of like Dorian Gray-esque yeah. that it, it's like one... The dog's getting bigger morphing. and more manly. And, and Owen's, Owen's like on all fours the, now. There's going to be a moment and... If I were to pitch this first without all the backstory, you'd say this is absurd. This would never happen. The audience would walk out. There mm-hmm. will be a moment where they're going to bed. They've been watching a film together or maybe celebrating with a glass of champagne, the success of their latest. The column goes viral. They get picked up by national press. Owen gets offered a job or Marley for like the New Yorker, something like that. It's mm-hmm. his dream. And that night they're both going off to their bedroom that they share. Marley gets in the bed Owen just goes into the basket and that's we're not going to mention that it's not going to be said through dialogue it's just going to become by that point in the film it will just seem natural yeah it's like that's the relationship the balance of power it's like these things can happen can't they if you were to gaslight someone so slowly like that basketball player who killed himself after the letterbox became too high the slow incremental water torture drip 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 erosion of Owen's previously manifest confidence and self-belief is just gonna it's gonna be seamless but it's gonna be there what about what i'm thinking here is if we have a cold open to the film Uh where there's no visual it's like just a black screen and all we hear is the audio from that night of them going to bed and it's like owen like oh like here boy like into, into bed like here we go and the dog's like yeah, sure, Owen, like, up to bed sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the ruffling of covers and there's, like, the sound of someone getting comfortable in the, the doggy <laughs> bed. And then <clears throat> he's like, good night, Marley. And I was like, good night, me. Good night. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> That's his name, me. <laughs> like, good night, me. And and it's all, like, and then it just, and then it's red lettering on the black, yeah. Marley and me. Yeah. And then it, it's not until three hours later that realize? we realise how perverse that was. And two years, of course, because... The first film, now that I think about it, actually, none of this happens. <laughs> the first film... The dog isn't even in it. <laughs> first film is just called Me. It's shot... Yeah, the last shot will be the dog arriving down... And I'm going to use a bit of biblical imagery here. Stay with me. Coming down the river in a basket. Oh, uh, yeah. And now, I, I do want to say... And um, we've got quite a few more of these to get through, so we should probably wrap up. Sorry, now, I'm, just you, love, I'm in love with this cinematic well, project. Well, it's going film. to happen. It's like, fucking let's just good. Say it. But what... Um, you mentioned a murder. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, the uh, Asian uh, lady from next door is killed because he wants to eat her. Who? Well, <laughs> who indeed? Marley or me? That's the question. We don't know, and we never know. Bite marks, but ambiguous. Yeah, I've also got another moment. Like I haven't worked that out. I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't quite worked out why that happens, but I do like the idea that um, Owen's going to gradually. Well, he's going to graduate to the dog cage. How, hang on, haven't you just remade White Dog? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, sorry, no, sorry. Very yes. foolish. I'm look. I'm homage is one thing, but let's not say remake at this stage. You've heard my creative. Input. Yeah, are we going to get Burr Lives in? He's been very dead for literally a hundred years. I'm sure he's still dead. One thing that I want is a, a scene where eventually, and perhaps this is our final scene. You know, the last scene in The Usual Suspects. Um, it's like just Kobayashi a, mug. yeah well no actually beyond that where he's just walking he changes to a, this normal walk um, from the one that he was affecting I want something like that but it's oh maybe this is a better comparison is it the end of Silence of the Lambs where he just it's a shot of him just walking into the distance mm, yeah. I want that but the other way the dog's coming towards the camera we're in the town maybe it's like I don't know what's a nice town day in America President's Labor Day or something day. Labor Day everyone's out having barbecues in like the town square the nice common and the shot is of like some really cute family um, just hanging out having a picnic and everyone there's like a fair going it's beautiful and there's a sort of hill in the background and we start to be aware that the dog's walking towards them and but the music's like da 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 and then you hear a scream but it's all carry on like that's kind of in the distance and the dog's still approaching and the, as it gets closer we can see there's like some red like stuff in its weird dog jowls and basically it's wearing Owen Wilson's face and it comes right up to the camera cut to black Marley and me will continue and fucking fucking great to be fair like this is a great film that's a tour de force it's really <laughs> that's good. your magnum opus who are we going to get to play the dog well I don't Andy know Circus. Now, I do need to, just just for my notes, I just need to know, who. so the Asian lady next door, is that yeah. your... she is the character, and I look, she's kind of a B-plot character, and I haven't fleshed her out enough, but she's going to be... two-dimensional at the moment. She is a bit two-dimensional, so all I'll say is, she's going to be a very kindly figure. She's probably the only person that can tolerate Owen in the beginning of the film, because she's just, like, trying to see the best in him. Um, maybe she's instrumental in getting him and Marley connected. Maybe she works at a shelter... Because that would she go in put with her Molly in the basket and pushed it down the river. Yeah, because she knows that Owen's too proud to accept a dog from a non-white source. Mm. So she's like, "What's the whitest thing? Well, the river." I like it, and then I think it's good. Yeah, but she is going to die as well, and I, I we need to flesh that out uh, in a big way. But I do want it to be the subtext of that it's for cannibalistic reasons. Okay, I think that's good. Good. I don't. Let's not push that too far now, because otherwise no, you don't want to ruin a good idea. To, to exactly. Work out later, yeah. Um. Let's Fuck, do... I feel creatively spent. Oh, you better not, because we've got film All two right. to do. I'll drink a bit more Ikea beer. Whatever's so, next. It's a new film. Go on. Oh, Put your big fingers in I there. I just want to say, like, we can't... I did exhaust myself a little with that. That's fine. We can blitzkrieg some of these. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, subtitle, the fish film. That's how I remember it. Yeah, no, that is that's a good way. Okay. And, and what, what genre is Finding Nemo well, going me, to it's, be? It's likely going to be a total body horror. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so Finding Nemo, the story of uh, a semi-disabled fish, fish 
who uh, gets fucking lost. He gets nabbed, doesn't yeah. he, by a big dentist. Uh, and his dad... Um, Marlon. Yeah, he pairs up with uh, famous friend of the war criminals, Alan DeGeneres, to, to, to like swim across the ocean. They meet all manner of creatures. Great Who's some small. of your faves? Bruce. No, I don't like Bruce. I despise Bruce. Why is that? I think he's too big. Uh, to be allowed. Too mm. big to fail. Uh, the seagull. You like them? No, mine, I like mine, mine, mine. I like the turtle. He's great. And in the Disney World exclusive Finding Nemo musical. Oh, it's horrific. An incredible song. It's a horrible sight. A sight to behold. Really a good song. It's been stuck in my head for years. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm saying that the visage of it... Well, it's beautiful, yeah. Terrible. So, a, a body horror element. Now, I don't, you know... I feel like we're, we're bordering already on being very un-PC here because Nemo has his little fin. Yeah. No, I think that's okay. And, and it's, it's okay to... Yeah. So, but we're not saying that that's the body horror, are we? No, absolutely not. Okay. The body horror is going to be, for me, a reframing of the narrative to focus primarily on the dentist. And okay. He's finding Nemo because he can only get hard for dissected fish. Right. So maybe that could be an avenue. And then Nemo, I don't know, he'll get in his mouth, he'll get in his gob. <laughs> right. On purpose while he's asleep and maybe swallow himself down vor style. I don't want anyone getting off on this, by the way. No, if, no. You're, if you're masturbating. But the thing is, you make a, you raise a valid point, which is there's an awful lot of fish being swallowed imagery in Finding Nemo already. Yeah, absolutely. There's the bit where they're inside the whale. Yeah. And there's the bit where they're in the, in the pelican's like gullet yeah to be a sliding fish to down. be seconds away from being swallowed any moment yeah you learned that in in all kinds of them spy kids with that mini beast tube you learned that yep. did you yeah star wars they've got that bit where they're going to the jar jar bink the city s- and everything's just swallowing each other it's vor city the big sarlacc pit yeah oh i don't like that i don't are like you that not thing. are you not on board no it's despicable um but yeah the vor angle is for me where it's gonna where we're going to get that hot money ticket and maybe get can on board. <clears throat> I think, I think it becomes an internal Osmosis Jones tale of Nemo. You know all the stuff in the fish tank where they've got that like uh, puffer fish and the starfish, and they're all trying to get him to swim through the mm-hmm. filtration or something like that. To yeah, get exactly. Out. Picture that, but that's all happening in a stomach of a dentist. So sorry, I thought that he got off on dissected fish, but now it seems. It's on swallowing fish whole, live. No, this is the thing. The ones who, to the only way to escape dissection to jump is straight to go down, straight his down his big gob and hope that he shits into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Which, weirdly, oh. he does more often than you think. Because I imagine most people who wear a wet or dry suit have shattered in it. Well, they must Just to see what done. happens. Because <laughs> people are truly filthy. People are <laughs> awful. Yeah. Um, so... Marlin and, and Dory, because you know Nemo, he's a tiny fish. He's yeah. a baby clown, yeah. um, and he's not even got the full number of fins. Mm. So he's he even smaller. Have the full than, number. It's just well, the one smaller than usual. He's two so he can go in diagonal. Two and a half. Mm. Um, so he, you know, he's him getting down there. That's easy. No he waits problem. for the the dentist to sort of lean over, getting all hot and heavy, yeah. and he just jumps. I've. I can kind of see where you're going with this. Marlon and Dory. Let, anyone else is hoping to hoping to find got, Nemo? I've got a fucking good solution okay. for you. It's not to do with your new character you're introducing. It, oh no, go on. The new character. Not as new as you'd think. Okay. Because they're going to enlist 
by way of a complex series of signs and signifiers mm-hmm. in which they're able to communicate with humans, <laughs> with one Obviously. human in particular. They're going to enlist the services of a friendly, kindly even, Asian restaurateur. It's the same actress from Marley and Me, in which, in order to help... She, Nemo's plight is explained to her. Um, she knows he's got, what, days to live there in the gullet of mm-hmm. this constipated sailor. I mean, dentist. Well, he's both. She's going to trick him, and I haven't quite worked out all the machinations just yet. But it's so be she's an evil... No, no, she's no, no she's good. We're because tricking. we're on the fish's side. We're, the dentist is oh, the she's antagonist. she's going to trick the dentist. Yeah, she's going to trick the dentist into pretending that swallowing raw all these raw live fish, including but not exclusively puffer fish, starfish, that one with he's the kind of grizzled. He's going to swallow them whole. whole. <laughs> because he think because this dentist, like all dentists, are he's all about the show. He doesn't care how good your teeth are in terms of the enamel content all he cares about is that white simon cowell gleam so it's a film about getting behind or exploiting superficiality in in australian culture taking its cues of course from the great bastard of them all corporate america can i get a high five yes you can them and it's about how can we use this because if if they were to pretend they were to manufacture a situation where all these cool celebs. We've got Cara Delevingne. We've got um, Lenny Henry. They're all swallowing wow. fish down left, right, and centre. Are you, t- are you telling me that the dentist is going to watch Lenny Henry swallow a fugu fish and not be straight in the line? Saying, Lenny me, Henry of me this also. Is the TV now fame. Yeah, I think everyone would be doing it. And I'm thinking we can get some very cool body horror out of. Maybe the finale, it, like just after he's shat Nemo out into the sea, yeah. and he's like, he's des- he's like, right, I've, that's what it's a one out one in system. I've got to find <laughs> what's my most exotic one yet. And they sort of like push the puffer fish to the front, uh-huh. and he goes and drops it down his gut, and then it expands in his throat. That'd be hot. Spikes coming out. Yeah. There's blood pouring everywhere. That's like, the last that's, like eight minutes because yeah, one thing that I feel Finding Nemo didn't explore enough is how long it takes to die yeah <laughs> how long it takes because sometimes it's all, ages yeah and and just all of the you know the the shallow hope that yeah. you have of thinking maybe there's you a will doctor live. lenny henry's don't know cpr <laughs> honestly useless when your neck has been impaled by the poisonous now, puff of fish now, <laughs> in fact he's blowing down his throat it's only expanding the fish like a big even bigger <laughs> now the body heart i know that you're not necessarily a fan yourself I actually but do. the body horror element is now because you've made and forgive me here for uh-huh. my cruelty you've made defecation a, a real kind <laughs> of central theme to the film how much screen time specifically <laughs> is going to be devoted to watching this 3D animated dentist shit out fish first of all it's live action <laughs> I want to make that crystal clear I see second of all you can get away with a lot from an internal perspective. We were shown an MRI oh. of people fucking in like year five because, oh, it's science. But I'm here to say, <laughs> A, it's not, and B, if we are... Was that your awakening? If we're a first-person Nemo perspective during the shadow, right. then that's fine. It could be any tune. We're just doing it... <laughs> Right, but importantly, it's not. And, and you know, he's animated, yes, but live action. I feel like we're going to know. When you 
when you crest that that yeah, tube that final sphincter. and you see the the cheeks either side, it doesn't leave an awful lot to the imagination. And does why it? should it? And you know, it's not just Nemo, is it? That's oh, coming God, out. No. A starfish <laughs> going to be like a shuriken whizzing out right. of there and take someone's eye out. And, 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 you know, what's the, what's the implication of seeing it from his point of view? Are we doing a sort of Freudian birth? Kind of it is what would be finding Nemo is about him finding himself. Right. Reborn through the anus of a dentist. Okay. And, and is the, is the Asian lady there? She's, she, she's holding his legs up in stirrups. <laughs> By the sea, <laughs> straight onto the—it's like a turtle. It really birth. is a lawless place, Australia. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> right? So, so that's Finding Nemo, that's the body horror, yeah. and your your own character was again kind it's of the a, same. Can you a put two, same lady, a two-dimensional Asian lady? She's not. I can't stress this enough. She's going to have a huge backstory. <laughs> She's got the most Helps lines. Dentist, <laughs> shit out fish. <laughs> No, first she helps him ingest. Uh, that's not representation. <laughs> that is, if that's not two fingers to the academy, I, I frankly don't know what also, is. Also, I did say she was a high-powered <sighs> restaurant executive or something, mm-hmm. didn't I? Yeah, something like that. Okay, well, anyway. that's good. Oh, number three. Let's dive right in. I feel like there's no need oh, to I've pull taken that two one back. Let's go on. Okay, this is the film. Uh, it's Shrek. Film okay. movie Shrek. Film movie Shrek. I feel sort of sad that we didn't get that for body horror, to be honest, because that lends itself well. Well, you don't want it to be too easy, do you? Haunted House. <laughs> oh. I've done a lot of creating so far. I want to see how you handle having the ball thrown back in your cot. I know you like Shrek. I know you like houses. Mm-hmm. I know you're so-so on hauntings. Yeah, um, yeah, a bit of this, bit of that. You've had a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we both have. God, yeah. So, uh, you know, Shrek is not a tale that necessarily lends itself initially to adapting to be inside a single haunted house. Because as we remember from the original, it's largely outside. He doesn't have a house. No, he does have a house. It's a shack. It's a home. It, uh, look, I'm not querying that. He can make a shack a home. It's a swamp. Yeah, it's a swamp. It is a swamp. A, but it's a bog. Importantly, it's his swamp. Uh-huh. Um, and it's really about the journey. Yeah, um, the, you know, there and back, very sort of Hobbit-derived yeah. idea. Um, but about the journey of the heart also. Yeah, but you're right. It, it naturally does require a lot of ground being covered because the idea that he has to travel to the castle and back should be a huge voyage of discovery. Mm. So, it's, yeah, it's difficult off the bat. What, what I'm thinking is is this, that <clears throat> maybe the uh, the idea is, is more... Uh, more psychological, kind of harking back to, to, of course, Marley and me. But I'm thinking yeah. kind of Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson, okay, okay. which we've discussed before on the on the show yeah. in uh, Dr. Marrow's Haunted Circle. Yeah, it's a great episode. <clears throat> um, and you can watch a nice video that we made on our YouTube channel. Unfilmed SM. Yeah, Shame City, it's called, our YouTube channel. It's very good. Yeah. It's not private anymore, nope. so you can go. Um, you know, in, in the Haunting of Hill House, you know, all these people go uh, to this place that's uh you know an enormous manor and it's supposedly haunted right. but there's a lot of question left at the end you know was it haunted was it not and it's more about the experience of these people in the in the house yeah i'm thinking that maybe instead of the princess being far away mm-hmm. 
Um, the spell instead is that she needs to be earned. Okay, now, oh, I don't feel good about that because that seems like we're commodifying. Right, but, you know, that's all part of the horror here. That's part uh, of the curse, okay. is that it, it it's degrades It's a backwards her. regressive curse. Yeah. From well, a backwards regressive There aren't witch. a lot of progressive ones. Uh, no. Because they're all like, you've got to kiss the pretty girl who's unconscious yeah, to wake her up. Yeah, that's not a good curse. No, and ours is slightly better than that. Okay. And it, what it is is that Shrek has to spend a night in the haunted house. Mm-hmm. And if he is able to do that until dawn, yeah, then she will be there. Okay. But here's the twist. She's already there. But of course, it's nighttime. Right. So she's in ogre form. Okay. And so he thinks he's being haunted by the ghost of his own ogre mum. Oh, his ogre mum. And because he's seen a picture of her as, you know, as, as the owner, Fiona, as the, human. The woman. And he thinks like, oh, like, I'll wait for it. But then he sees kind of like wandering around mm. this green and, you know, it reminds him of his mum. And of course he's, but he's conflicted them because he is horny so for her. he's horny for his mum? Uh, for, for, the, he's horny for is the ghost. Is that an ogre thing? He, no, he's horny for this ghost. Okay. And then he sort of realises that it, it reminds him of his mum. Yeah. And, and that would be sexually confusing. Well, exactly, for anyone. There'll be a masturbation scene. Granted. Doubtless. One, How else is he going to, you know, while away the hours? Yeah. One angle that I think Shrek is always screaming at us about as the viewer is this idea of like interspecies fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if there's something in the idea that some of the ghosts and ghouls, the spooks and spectres, are the kind of failed, as in failed to carry to term um fetuses of some of these weird forest experiments donkey and dragon ogre and human mm-hmm. uh gingerbread man and wolf these sort of weird like not they they never wanted to be alive but they were birthed into the mm. spirit realm straight away and maybe that could come back to haunt trick so perhaps there's it's this idea of a like a, that re- that regression of all their lineage because they're all a horrific amalgamation, all these fairy tale creatures of mm. man and beast, of sort of sentient animal or, yeah. or sentient cake. And maybe it's something about this house that that just makes everyone horny as hell for whoever happens to be yeah. closest. And you that know, it can't end well. Well, it can't. No. And perhaps it's if the if the love making that goes into the you know this life building process, uh-huh. if it can't last the night. Then, then I'm afraid the spawn may not last the day either. Mm. But if you can, then you give birth to a new fairy tale because that's what Shrek was about, you know. Birthing fairy tales. Creating a new fairy tale. Yeah, from like the redefining old. your own story in the context of a very severely yeah. preordained. Yeah, but plot. and again, we can't push this angle, you know, enough. It, they are all fucking like it, the whole Non-stop. time. Yeah, it, I mean, it's art house fucking, like we said before, but. It is relentless. Sometimes that's worse, I find. Yeah, because they're less <clears throat> they're less afraid to sh- to really show it's the whole stark. Yeah. yeah, and it's not dark. It's, it's very, very well, well lit. lit. Yeah. <laughs> and Bright Pinocchio's neon. There. Pinocchio's telling as many lies as he can to get it up, <laughs> so he can just be inserting. He's fucking that people from down the corridor, <laughs> like a soaker cue. <laughs> God, it's foul. He's just repeating, I'm not a perv, I'm not a perv, over (laughs) and over and over and over. One thing that I like the idea of here is is the 
Shrek was all about interrogating fairy tales and, and kind of the assumptions that we have about how they work. The beautiful princess trapped in a tower turns out to be kind of aesthetically hideous to the normal person, but mm. perfect for our hero Shrek. Um, Pinocchio, he's a sex pervert, as we've just established and already knew in our heart well, of hearts. And in the original, that is, yeah, because he is literally built yeah. by someone even more Who perverse tries than to he. fuck puppets. Well, he builds a puppet so it will become a real, and prays that it will yeah. become a real boy. And he has so many clocks, you may remember, in his house because every time he one needs of them to goes know what off, the time is everywhere in a- fucking time. <laughs> He needs to know exactly what time it is in every country where there's Interpol yeah, <laughs> so really, that he can really escape. Bad. Geppetto won't be allowed in our... No, he will He's not been be. blacklisted. Yeah. But what I like is what... Um, I want to take something from Stephen Sondheim and James Pine's great work, Into the Woods, uh, where, of course, you remember there's this, like, metatextuality where the play is narrated by character called narrator who also doubles another role of import that we can maybe introduce into us Mm -hmm. but at a certain point in the narrative when things start going wrong the narrator who represents i suppose the kind of orthodox notion of fairy tale schema is drawn into and then sacrificed uh as part of the narrative he's thrown to the giant they're like this guy's just been chatting maybe if we get rid of him it's about seizing control of your own destiny i wonder if what's missing from this haunted shrek tale is a a kind of oracle narrator figure um i'm thinking the hotelier for where this happens she'd probably be an elderly asian lady kindly now that's going to be important to me and i think her role would be to welcome in each character kind of school them in the front you're really using this idea of the kindly asian lady as a something of a crutch not a crutch because no, it's you, just I've, your kind of creative juices aren't really flowing. You're just kind of relying on that one. Uh, I'm going to say trope in order. Is to, it unbelievable to you that I could come up with three different exceptional Oscar-winning parts for an older Asian actress? Yes. Wow. That's because you have your privilege. <laughs> because one of them, one of them got murdered by a dog man. Yeah. One that's of them, a very heroic death. One of them fed live fish to a dentist <laughs> and helped him shit into the sea. And the other one... It hasn't been the, done before. And the other one is, is curating, is, <laughs> is lording over <laughs> fucking absolute orgy of, of disgust. But I think of that's what, aberrance. I think that's what would be interesting about this character is that she's there seemingly in a kind of... You know, the, there's a trope and, in know, murder mysteries. And I don't want... You know, I'm not saying that they've got to be white, but and you, they've got to be this old Asian lady. That's I what just, you're telling me. I think there's something... Because if you do, bring. she's banned from the next three. For your own good. Okay, well, in this one, it's an old uh, white man called um, Gorge. Spelt. G. Yeah. J. That's it. Gorge. Yep. And he is... He's the elderly hotelier. And the implication is, you know, in um, like, and then there were none, or basically any of those strangers summoned to a location, some unknown connection. There's always a kind of fall boy. That's not really the word, is it? A fall guy. There's someone who like is there seemingly in control of the situation. But then in like the end of Act 2 is like, or no, the end of Act 1 probably is like, Oh, I've never met Mr. A.N. Murderer either. <laughs> I, he just hired me. I'm just a lowly butler. And 80% of the time that's true. 20% of the time he is faking. He's faking Because he is the murderer. Yeah. I like the idea of our hotelier himself, although seeming to ordain the 
uh, puppet fucking. Mm-hmm. He himself has been summoned there. That's his story. And so maybe if the if the idea of this is that to escape this kind of endless narrative of interspecies, interfantastic lust, and uh, progeneration, perhaps even he has to break out. And that will be the hardest because he so far has been a kind of comfortable bystander, probably getting off on it. And that's why it's important to me that this was always a man. And that, I've made that clear, I think, throughout. Yeah. Because he'll be hard for... Um, well, for all of them. All of The it. three little kids, especially. Yeah. Representing as they do mischief. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, well, Mischief, but also yeah. the innocence of youth. And being pink. Now, people love that, don't they? They love a pink pig. <sighs> they can't get enough of it. So, yeah, I think that's a good film. That is good. I, I personally won't be involved in that one after kind of this pre-production That's period. fine. We could pop your name on it anyway because you were so... No, there's no need. Process-wise. I'm happy to just Surely give... settled that. your names on the contract. The next mm. film I'd love us to look at is Mary Poppins, The Lovely Nanny. Mm. And and what genre, like Mary Poppins, I know... If we were to reimagine Yeah. Possession. I mean, uh, this one's just very easy, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, go for it. Well, either Shoot your shot. the two angles are either Mary Poppins is the devil and is coming to just save the bank's family by like saving their souls for the dark lord mm-hmm. or mary poppins herself is fighting this like eternal battle against dick van dyke's chimney sweep quote unquote mm. uh sent up from hell to <clears throat> dive down the throats of young children you've gone spiritually you've speaking, gone in for this diving down the speaking. throat angle again sorry i'm still thinking about okay. Nima. i'm just stating yeah. some of those ideas um, so I like them both. I think either way, there should definitely, I mean, as there already is, yeah. a kind of like side by side parallel to the fact that, um, uh, Mr. Banks mm-hmm. is possessed by capitalism. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and the spirit of that. But then also, you know, we see lots of these different possessions. Mrs. Banks, she's possessed by the idea of women's lip. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those mad old sailors next to By door. the military uh, and by the sea. illness, I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah. They're possessed <laughs> by the spectre of mental illness. No spectre, just straight up. Oh, I see. Um, um, the old lady, the bird lady, possessed by poverty. Mm, yeah. yeah. So in a way, aren't we all possessed by something? And that can be the kind of message that we get across. And so is in a, a, in is a song a, that I'm writing for Act 3 called, In a Way, Aren't We All Possessed by Something? And is, that Julie will sing. So is it a pro-possession film? It's not pro, it's not anti, it's just saying these are the facts. Take it or leave them's the fact that's yeah. that's the case. What so can we do about so perhaps Poppins isn't a force for good. She, I don't think she's ever a force for good, even in the original film. No. She's kind of a well. She kills a fleet of nannies in a conjured <laughs> storm. Right, but the I mean the she does help that one family and those nannies. They for were who's good. They were on death's door. No, nope, almost them literally. Healthy. Some of them were honestly <laughs> fine specimens <laughs> who would have gone on to great things. No, Mary Poppins has always been a problematic figure she's vain she she commits the ultimate sin for me of comparing herself to the almighty saying that she's practically perfect obviously only jesus god can be perfect and yeah well she's fact, not saying that she is but that's what lucifer did said well look, i'm basically as good and god's like are you are you fuck piss off to hell now so, that that for me says more about god than it does satan no wrong no, wrong. Because he he's pretty, like, fragile, isn't he? No, he's not. He just needs you to know the truth. There's no point coming to God saying, I'm better than Didn't you. Didn't feel like there was a lot of chance given there, though, was it? It was like, oh, you're out. Honestly. You're out, for, you're out forever. No, you you're weren't out. there. You're, you're literally the incarnation of evil now. Yeah. 
And he's like, oh, hang on. Well, he brought that on himself, though, didn't he? Right, so is she Satan? But she's not even... She's no, not, I think she's not a malevolent figure. Yeah, I think what Mary gets off on is... Um, or a malicious figure, I should say. She is you know, of. in butchery, there's this idea of tenderising the meat through, like, swacking it around with a hammer. Yeah. I think she does that for the soul. So she gets in close with the family, gets in deep, and she'll be kind of massaging the sinewy muscles of children and adult alike. And even the old lady who uh, has a very funny line about something to do with the cupboard, who you'll recall. And even Edwin on the ceiling. She'll be in there just long-fingered, kind of getting in those knots, massaging them, <coughs> no, I don't think lubing we need them to up to Satan. I don't think we need to shy away from this. I, I think like Mary Poppins has always been a powerful sexual force in the world. Right, but okay. in a kind of like... In, in that very austere way. Well, that's how it was in the day. Isn't mm. it? And I'm thinking that certainly for the adult men yeah. in the film, that it's it's a case of she's giving them a, a totally silent mm-hmm. and emotionless hand job. Okay. They're otherwise fully clothed. Yes. She's just staring them in the eyes. Yes, and what if she could somehow, um, through the power of presumably a kind of unholy force. What? In the... Goes without saying. During this hand job um, that she'll be giving them, what if she's, like, siphoning out their energy and spirit? Well, yeah. To the point that, like, the more she jacks... Jacks and jerks will be the kind mm-hmm. of... And then we have two characters, like, little street urchins. Uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledee. All right, jacks, all right, jerks. And they can, like, represent that idea. She's singing that... Stay away. Stay and keep it up. <laughs> you 24. old bastard. Yeah. And the more it's happening, you know the um, end of what whichever Indiana Jones it is where they're Nazis. Is that all of them, actually? I think it might be. Mm, probably. Where the guy goes through a very quick ageing and then he's a skeleton. Mm. I want a kind of slow version of that, like, they're just ageing. They're like withered husks yeah, by like, the end. And by the end, like, she's spilled their seed. Well, which, and God hates that. He's not... Mary's not married to these guys. No. So she's she's not. Herself. But she needn't be. And then, I don't know, maybe she just turns him into ash. Yeah, well, that's because... Bert's sheets are down. Mm, and so yeah, that, so like, that's what the Winifred, Winifred comes down <clears throat> and Mary's standing there, hand perhaps still yeah. clasped over something phallic, but there's nothing there. No. There's just a pile of ash. And she's like, oh, where's George? And the camera cuts in on Mary's hand and she turns it over and opens it. And it's just like, she just lets all this like grains of gray ash, ash drop like, to the mm. floor. Where indeed, Winifred? Where indeed? Get over here. <laughs> In every job that must be done, there is an element oh no, of no, she fun. makes the kids yeah. clean up their dad's yeah. ash That's bad, and seed. That's really bad. Oh, God. You can go to prison for that and should. <laughs> You've always been a strong proponent That's of that. That's one of my biggest And because, just because a crime isn't common yeah. doesn't mean that it should be any less Absolutely. enshrined in law. Be punishable. Who's your new character for this film? Well, I think it's just Satan. I think he'd have... A kind of Greek chorus role. And is he, he's actually there, he's on screen. Uh, possibly it's a kind of split personality thing with Mary, where you know the mirror version of herself, mm. which canonically is not her, mm. because lest we forget, it acts freely relative to what she's doing. I, Stays in the mirror forget. and sings along. What if that is Satan's way of watching and she's his. What's the name of that woman that Satan really likes? Oh, Eve. No, <laughs> like, even more than that, it's something like. Lucinda or something sort of ghosty which I could remember it was in Sabrina the series if you know okay well it's very good um 
that could be Satan's portal into the world is through these mirrors. And that's where he's giving advice. It would give her, it would give Julie Andrews, who will be in it playing her, you know, at, at the age she is now, it would give her a kind of Gollum-like role to play with, a bit like right, Will see. Smith in Gemini Man, you'll remember. Well, one of the classics. It's like camera work and she's cutting between these personalities of pure pure joy and lust and then total kind of silent hatred for mankind and lest we forget God on high. I love it. Satanic I do too. mirror poppins. I do too. We'll do one more. Let's do one more. I'm ready for it. Here we go. Yellow Final. cup. Okay, I've got two. I'm picking that one. It is Inside Out. What a film. What? It's one of my favourite movies. Yeah. You, you know that. What? You keep Just say it properly. It's one of my... F- it's what? Okay, it is one of my favourite movies. Oh, fucking Sorry, grammar Nazi. But what if Inside Out were way. a slasher? Oh, now I like this. Yeah, what if? What if it were a slasher? If we think of the emotions that Riley has in her little head, she's mm-hmm. got joy, she's got melancholy, she's got disgust, it's sadness, not melancholy. And she's got, what's the other one? Anger or nervousness or something. Yeah, anger, anxiety. The one that she doesn't have is... Is... Murder. Bloodlust. <laughs> and that's the simple new character for me is the addition of... Of the bloodlust character. Um, who do we get to voice something like that? Well, don't worry about that. Kate Blanchett, I think. Maybe something like that. Is that the vibe you're thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking... It's a woman. Like, it's definitely a woman, yeah. Bloodlust... Asian. Bloodlust the woman. A kind of elderly... Bloodlust the woman. What colour? Now, that's important because blood is already taken. Yeah, red is taken. I think people um, report, like, blanking out when they do these great crimes. Black. So I think just fully... Not even... No, not even black. Kind of like... Nothing like that when you know it's when an you're invisible doing character. No, 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 no. <laughs> Unanimated. Sorry, let me clarify. You know when you're doing like a, or you're shooting a dialogue scene. We'll have a camera over my shoulder, a camera yeah. over yours. It will cut to, well, either way, it could be looking at me when I'm talking. Hey, Declan, what's going on? And then cuts to you. When it cuts to the other character, the screen's just black, so there's nothing on screen, mm. and the character cannot be in any other scenes with other people because otherwise characters such as joy and sadness they themselves will become murderous of intent i like it yeah it it will be good for sure so riley let's just remind ourselves she's a little girl she's what 11 or something and she's just moved to san francisco a city where there is a lot of homeless population there are more homeless people in san francisco than in england and scotland combined as far as i recall tragic really bad really egregious as well as I recall, well, but it's a very poor area. There's not a lot. Yeah, of the Bay Area. There, there's not there. a lot going on. Um, it's called Silicon Valley, and that's not because of tech. That's just because that's all that's left. Is just famously the cheapest yeah, material to make a cheapest. valley out of. Um, but what I'm getting at is that often you'll find with serial killers, they practiced on animals. Yes, but then they they, they look for targets that are not quote unquote gonna be missed. Yeah. And that's usually not real, people no real people involved. Outsiders. Yeah. And there's something about homelessness, you might recognise this from our own country where we live, that often inspires in some people total um and hateful contempt. Where they're like, you're not a person because you don't have a house or money. And so it's fine to kick you to death and or set fire to people happens quite a lot. And even among burn those, money in front of them. And even among those who don't go so far as that, yeah. who have no active hatred for them, it mm-hmm. inspires such a 
an egregious apathy in, yeah. towards them, so, as if they are not but a feature of the street itself. Slashers have never, or well, not never, but have rarely been political, and I think that's something that's kind of missed, other than the kind of 1980s introspective statement when slashers were at their, in their heyday of like the American fear of its own suburban self, like turning in and eating mm-hmm. itself. Um, there's never been like a slasher with a particular cause, as far as I'm aware. Like what does Freddy Krueger really want? He's angry he that he fuck kids. Well, yeah, he's angry that they stopped him noncing and burn oh. him to death. Uh-huh. So he's punishing them through their children. What does Michael Myers want? Fuck knows, honestly. <laughs> he wants, he sees his sister. He fuck his sister. No, I don't think so. Not really. He kills her. That's not the same. Yeah, but she, wasn't she about to fuck someone else? No, it's afterwards. I mean, you, it could be a like Madonna whore thing, whereas like, but that would suggest that that was the first time his sister ever fucked anyone. And it no, definitely and was. Think, we've all seen yeah, that film. Don't think so. Um, I think yeah. Traditionally, a, a good slasher is like a, a real blank slate onto which we can project our own insecurities and fears, and that's what's scary about Myers in particular. Nothing will stop him because you can't reason with him. There's nothing. It's like the Joker as a character. Like, he does not care. There's nothing. You can't speak to him on any level. You have nothing to hurt me with. And so if Riley were to become this serial killer based on, I don't know what's going to happen in the kind of mental space, how we can show that bloodlust is winning out or why bloodlust has even been invited to this party with four otherwise quite normal emotions. Mm -hmm. What it is about Riley, is it nature or nurture? Is it the move? Is it the tension in her marriage? Not her marriage. Her parents' (laughs) marriage. Is it the something whole... that happens at school? Because remember that bit where she cries? Mm-hmm. That'll turn you into a murderer incel, as we know. So so she's a murderer. Yeah. She's the slasher. Yeah. And I think the idea that we we kind of implicitly be stating is that people are not people are not their actions. It's like the defective brain, which is to blame to blame for this. In the same way that because like the mental space in Inside Out is very fully realized. It's not metaphorical. It's never implied that this is just like a fun way of talking about it in movie. These are literally, if joy is winning, she's happy. If sadness is winning, she's sad. So what if like the, the tragedy of this film is that she's, she's actually, she's a strong and heroic political voice. Uh She's actually, she's not practicing on the homeless. She's actually targeting those who are the root cause of homelessness. Mm, Okay. But, the tragedy is that alongside, in order for this to take place, she has to be unfeeling. Yeah. And so inside her head, bloodlust, oh, the woman, there's a is, killing, is killing off That's nice. the other emotions. And fuck, there'd be some amazing chase scenes through that mental space, wouldn't there? Because it's like a theme. And imagine, right a, there. imagine a like chase, because remember that bloodlust, the woman, is just black screen mm. of like the horror of like running away and then it just... Cuts and you wouldn't to black, even know cuts how, to black and if you're you can hear, her, yeah. and you can hit, yeah, and then like running away and it cuts to black, and it's just yeah. those two intercutting quicker really and quicker. Good. One thing that I also like in Inside Out is the the final message about how like emotion or life is not singular in terms of I'm happy now, I'm sad now. If you're depressed, you're just only sad. If you're ecstatic, you're only happy. The idea that you have to like meld emotions to mm-hmm. have a fully realize three-dimensional existence i wonder if maybe the final showdown joy is going to be our final girl clearly she's got final girl potential in terms of the Mm, massacre i don't know if i agree well sadness as well could be and in fact either way you go with this the idea that bloodlust combines with one of these to create something new either a killer who is totally like just loving it 
or <laughs> every slash is tinged with regret. Either of these is going to be an interesting mode to play out in our real world and see how Riley the girl reacts to this fusion of emotional states. Maybe the final, um, <clears throat> the final moment of this, there's Riley like hand raised, yeah. knife gripped above ready. Oh yeah, above who though? But this is it. Oh. There's like two choices here, and it's like either someone relatively innocent, yeah, or someone relatively guilty. And we don't know which one she's going to go for. And then back inside her head, there's bloodlust, and then there's there's joy and there's sadness with their backs against the wall, and we don't know which one she's going to uh-huh. kill and which one she's then going to meld with. And at the same time, we see the knife drop from Riley and we never see who it hits Mm. and in the other scene we just hear both joy and sadness scream yeah and then it cuts to the credits Mm -hmm. they start rolling but the background for the credits is black tinged ever so slightly with the colour of whichever one she's melded with. And it will change in every viewing so that we can just so we can start a war yeah a sort of a race like, war I yeah suppose. like team sadness yeah. team joy one thing that I really like as well and this doesn't really further um, the plot just, just to remember as well so like Bloodlust the woman is your is your new character yeah, yeah? so yeah. and, and there do you think that we're supposed to empathise with them I think so yeah because there's a fundamental kind of insanity to modern existence where people get enraged so quickly because we're constantly kind of repressing what it means to be our true selves our animal instinct is, is just stripped away by going on the tube, standing knee-deep in other people's armpits and stuff and trying to fit the wild human into the very narrow expression of office life. So I think there's something fundamentally sympathetic about the idea of just, like, breaking out from convention. Um, that said, of course, there's got to be a limit to that and how far we want to take the audience with us. Maybe bloodlust should be seen as, like, it's an essential thing to have in some sense because it's Riley's final defense mechanism. It's maybe we rename her from bloodlust to like fight. So it's like a fight or flight thing. Fight or the like woman. Self-defense. <laughs> fight, fight, fight the woman. Fight, smash the woman. <laughs> um, one thing that I wanted to mention as a scene, and perhaps we can just end on this because I don't know how it would work. There's this amazing bit in Inside Out where they go into the kind of pre-cognitive space where like geometry doesn't quite exist and like the longer they're in there the more they sort of like devolve into yeah. sort of Picasso-esque I want that to be part of the interior plan that joy and sadness they realise that you cannot defeat bloodlust or fight in, whatever, that, in, in, that in normal atmosphere. combat no. so they're going to have to lure bloodlust in to that that pre-space wherein Yes, they'll be able to defeat her in some way or trap her, but they will be there as well. Maybe that's why the melding happens because they're like all just components. See, I think that I think that that's a kind of act two, end of act two moment mm-hmm. where actually they think that's their best chance, but what they forget is that like fight, mm-hmm. bloodlust, anger. That's like perhaps the basest instinct it's not a nuanced emotion like they are and therefore it thrives in that kind of precognitive space mm. and they think oh we'll bring her we'll lure her in we'll make her weaker but when they get in there she's just 
unaffected and they're it's like in the in the original like they're slowly devolving and they're struggling to get to the other side and they're like oh no she's too powerful mm-hmm. fight the woman <laughs> fight the woman <laughs> and uh and i think that that actually it's it's maybe somewhere more uh structured where they realize they that they can they can meld but importantly uh-huh. Only the one. Only the one can, yeah. And we'll explain why there'll be a good plot reason for that. There would be a fantastic plot reason for that. You can take our word for that. Well, there uh, we have it. We've... Uh, oh, sorry? Um, what's up? What's, this, what's left? No, it's not quite... We're, we're, I know it's a lot, but we're not quite done Oh, there. right. What's left? Well, you see, it's just the, the one thing that I've always... <clears throat> you, I mean, you know me, I love the cups. Yeah. Um, I invented the cups. Well, you invented this use of I the invented cups. the cups yeah. and... And I love them. I think they're, you know, they suit our process very yeah. well. Um, Good that kind of organized chaos. But whilst there is the chaos of picking random elements from the cup, I feel like afterwards, you know, we're, we're both men of words. Yeah. We, we've got too much creative control once the cat's out the bag, once mm. the paper's out the cup. Um, and really, we can meld some of the more difficult elements to fit what we'd like them to mean. And, and, you know, and that... In a sense, I don't know where you're going with this. In a sense, that's cheating. No, it's not. And there's, you know, because we have the final say on where things end. Well, it's our podcast. Yeah, but I don't know that it should be. It shouldn't be our podcast. I think that there should be some element of it that's about control, right? And I think that 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 element is 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 what we call fate. Okay. And that's why all along, yeah, without you knowing, right, there's been a third cup. No, the spookiest. I can't see it anywhere. The spookiest cup of all. Where is I've it? I've been hiding right here under the sofa. Oh no! Declan's now lent under the sofa to reveal the. Is that the pink or the orange? It's the orange. Oh, that's the pumpkin color. Exactly, the spookiest <laughs> of all. Now, ugh. oh no! What's now you'll notice that the one thing that I that I made sure that you had to do, and I've kept a little note here, is um, yeah. is you had to invent a. A new character for each film. Yeah, I but at no point did I ever press you to see who, who are we going to cast. Uh, who are we going to cast as these new okay. characters? And and that is what the cup here is it's is going us. to decide for us. We don't get a choice. No, it's just draw it, and the first one, the first one is it. And okay. so so playing the two dimensional Asian lady who lives next door and gets murdered in yep. Marley and Me, the psychodrama. <clears throat> who who's that going to be? It's going to be. Alan Rickman. Oh, oh wow. goodness. And he's dead. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, you this... can't be cancelled at least. No. For Scarlett Johansson his way through that. <laughs> you've, been, you've been cancelled in the most ultimate sense yeah, already. By the Lord. Um, now, playing the not dissimilar, but not the same. Yeah, honestly, very, importantly, very um, Two dimensional Asian lady from Finding Near the Body Horror. Yeah. I've She's written. A top I've chef. written I've written 2D Asian lady helps dentist shit out fish. Yeah, that's a mischaracterization, but Here, it's see, kind of I a mean, simplistic not, vision. It's not incorrect. It's not incorrect. Who, but who's going to be? That's going to be Aziz Ansari. Uh, now, that's an interesting choice. That is. Is it going to be a drag character then? I think if he's involved. Then it must be. Yes, in the most offensive way yeah, yeah. imaginable. Oh, of course it will be offensive. With but that, was, that happened after we lost creative control yeah, they, over rights. We sold issue. the rights to like Fox. To pay Regina yeah. the rent. Absolutely. The extra rent because of the new laws. Who's next? Well, we've got Gorge, the oh, haunted, yeah. horny hotelier. This is a great From role. Shrek. May I say, if, if 
if this character, if this actor can't come through, I would offer myself for this one. Yeah. It's Louis C.K. He oh. can. He can do it. <laughs> he's, he's available. He's perfect. Yeah. He's actually, he actually cleared out five years of his schedule. He actually has been fucking method acting Somewhere the in the world. <laughs> Louis C.K. just sat up and sniffed the air, sensing that the perfect role The three little created. pigs were waiting for him. Um, now we've got two more. We've got next the satanic mirror poppins. This is a good role. Now this is a mo- mostly a voice role, but I think we could get some kind of like uh, deep fakes style tech where it's a melding of them and Julie Andrews in the mirror. Yeah, there's some. I can't think which horror film it is where the face like goes to and from what it actually is, and I mm. think we could have moments of that, like flashes of reality. And who's, reality. who's playing this role? Playing the demon Mary, it's uh, Brendan Gleeson. Oh, that would be and dare really I say it, a role he was born yeah. to play. And it, just thinking of the transition between Julie Andrews, uh, Andrews' face and Brendan's, there's mm. all kinds of motion there, isn't there? Oh, there's loads. That'd be really good. Now, there's two left. Okay. Um, either way, I think it's going to be a powerful role. Okay, what's the role? Remind us. It's Fight the Woman. Fight the woman. Yeah. Fight the woman. So this is an entirely vocal. This is an entirely vocal presence. Yeah. Or there could be one key moment where they are just whoever this is. Maybe in that precognitive yeah, space is the yeah, only time yeah. you can see they they become more fully realised. Yeah, they turn into a sort of like we're very good. God figure. It should be said. This is going to be played by Dame Helen Mirren, and that honestly is perfect casting. Yeah, that is very she would be very good. Fucking terrifying, haunting. Do you know what the the only other one in the cup would have been? I, I dare say it perhaps better. Oh, who is it? Which is Viola Davis. Ooh. <laughs> as, as Imagine her doing like a completely flat delivery of everything, where it was just like dripping with and pregnant then in, fury in the like precognitive space. She could she's, go. She's got a little in. like tear, that yeah. very like very good crying that she does. She's the best sometimes. at crying on camera. Yeah. God in heaven, why hast thou abandoned us to the fate of these five movies? That's what we say here, and that's a shame. We've provided you, the listener, with hours and hours of free spooky content this month. No need to thank us, but if you chose to, patreon.com slash shamecity is the place to do that. I have it on good information that we're but a few weeks away from a new task promotion where we'll be chucking those stickers back up for new subscribers. Yeah, I've heard that too. And pins. Importantly as well, like, before you make your decision not to to give, because I... You know, I listen to things. Yeah, they, yeah, they ask yeah. you to give. I know the feeling. You yeah. don't want to. No, no Before you to. make the decision not to, remember as well that not only will there be a couple of new quick fires out mm-hmm. before the month is out, yeah. but that also on Thursday, the 31st of October, we Halloween. will be releasing our annual yeah. Spooktacular. And that, you, you've got to be there for that. It's going to be one hell of a show. And it's going to be the year, best Spooktacular yet. Just because like funds are getting low, we'll only be releasing... Declan's half of it for free and then to get the good jokes you have to subscribe at the $25 level. Oh goodness there's no need for such a spooky jab as that. No no it wasn't a jab that's just like you're the kind of straight man and then I just like wheedle in there with a little knockout. There's no need to do that because no one likes the straight man. Uh, I suppose not yeah. Oh well all's fair in love and war. I had something to say and god it was going to be good but it completely lost me. Has it? So I guess what what I will say instead is that Halloween is around the corner now. I know we've been saying that for a month but if you're not kicking it into gear Halloween is a great reminder for me and for all of us that seasons, days, events, life is what we make it. The more you put in the more you'll get out. The more you'll put out as well in my experience. And what I mean by that is that Sure, we're adults now, 
we're not going trick or treating unless we want to get an asbo. We're not, you know, going to these like dress up as a cat parties as much as we used to. But Halloween is still there for the picking. And you've got to get out there, whether it's going up to San Francisco to slash yourself silly <laughs> or finding the nearest Asian chef and seeing if you can't help her dissect a couple of fish gizzards to shove down the throat of a dentist. It's all up for there. It's all up for taking. And it's up to you to make Halloween 2019 one hell of a spooky season. Until episode 160, I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been Declan. See you on the spectacular boys. You're going to eat all this paper. Look for the bare necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strides. I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander Wherever I roam I couldn't be fonder Of my big home The bees are to make some honey just for me The bare necessities of life will come to you Come to you